two. Welcome. <laughs> you botched it, Latif. Damn it. <laughs> Welcome to Filmcraft, guys. I thought that's how it went. Yeah, you're very wrong. And you just heard Latif have a stroke. Another one. <laughs> I've, I've had four before you press record. <laughs> I wonder if strokes ever happen, like in chains, like machine gun strokes. We just have a lot. Yeah. But then there's like periods of rest between them. <laughs> like seizures, but strokes. I think that, you would be dead. That, that That's probably a seizure. A what? A seizure is probably a lot of strokes. I don't think so. Let's just say it is. Okay. <laughs> and that's our episode. <laughs> Science. <laughs> Let's call this episode Science. And that's all we get. Um, what are we talking about today, Latif? Locations. We're talking about film. locations. And you know what I just realized? Mm-hmm. Like 10 plus episodes ago, we promised we would do an episode on locations <laughs> when we announced, like, Soft announced the new movie. And we're like, we're going to be able to give you a bunch of new episodes. One of them will be locations. And we didn't do that until now. <laughs> no. We just lied. Yeah. I didn't well, make a lot of promises. We don't care. <laughs> is it a lie if it's unintentional? It just kind of ends up that way? Yes. Yeah. Like, I feel like the last couple episodes, what we've been doing is a lot of theoretical talk. And as awesome as it is, I feel like this one will be very practical. Mm-hmm. So, I almost think we should take it step by step. Like, what's the first thing in your mind you should do when you need a location? Like, the very first thing. Figure out what you want from the location. Mm-hmm. Logistically. Like why so, you want it. So would you look at a script and it says exterior street and then just start asking yourself, okay, what kind of street do I picture? Are there a lot of houses, a lot of cars, a lot of people? Or are there very little of all those? What would you do? Well, I, I think first I'd hope that whoever wrote the script had more detail. Mm-hmm. Well, what if you wrote it? If I wrote it, I I I think I'd put all those things in. Like okay. when it comes to like locations, I think the more specific you are in the writing process, the better. Because mm-hmm. uh, at some point you're gonna you're gonna have to find the thing you've written down. And if you just have street, then like you've got a million things to look for now. Yeah. Or or if you've got a locations person or something, now they have like a bunch of they have street and they have to work from there. But if you're like a you know like a back street and and that's industrial part of the city that makes it so much easier to find that yeah um so you know specifically what kind of location is it and then Mm. from there like why you need that and and if it could be something else i guess Mm -hmm. a good place to start because sometimes some locations are impossible to get yep um yep you probably can't shoot in a police station or a hospital it's very unlikely that Mm -hmm. won't happen so you'll have to you might write that in a story, but you need to figure out how another location can fake as that, for example. Yeah. So. Um, and I think a lot of the times, like when you're working in the, especially the micro budget world, that's when things get cut. <laughs> like even for the new movie we just did, I think the fourth draft is when we started being like, okay, we have to find these locations. We're kind of in where development meets pre-production. Yeah. And we had, what, like 21 locations? Yeah, we had a lot. Yeah, and it was like, okay, 
we're not going to be able to do 21 locations in the eight days we have to shoot. So we chopped it down. If someone has, call it the first feature, and they're like, hey man, I just did a location count, and we got 25 locations, we're shooting this in two weeks, what would you tell them? Like, And they're like, clearly I'm going to need to trim this. How would you tell them to trim it? A lot of the times you can combine scenes into, in, into one location. Like if one scene happens at someone's house and then they go to another house to talk to this another person, mm-hmm. maybe the other person shows up at the first house yeah. and they'll talk there. Like there's a, But obviously that's not going to work for every story. Um, and I think for first time features it helps to minimize the amount of locations you have. And sometimes just one location, like our first film. Yeah. Um, so it would be getting rid of any locations that are unnecessary. Like if you see something just because it looks cool or for aesthetics, but it doesn't really play a key role in, in the final film, then you can just get rid of it. And I'd suggest mm-hmm. that. Yeah, one thing that like I know I looked up for first when it came time to cut locations was are there any locations in the script that we only go to once and if there is is that location like crazy essential you know Mm -hmm. so for instance um the character of amy we went to her apartment once in the script yeah and then when we started cutting it it's like do we really need to we could probably just have this at you know i don't want to spoil any of the story but at character X's place and once we did that it actually fit the story really well too so like I think that's and we've talked a lot about like cutting excess in scripts that's another one that can go and once you do that it even can sometimes work even better right Um, another one we had was a scene at a pancake house you remember that one yeah yeah we had it in it was in like a diner or something yeah, and it was in there for four drafts, too. Yeah, originally. And then when it came time, we actually looked for diners and, like, late-night greasy dives and stuff, and it's like, this is going to be it's really... Yeah, it's going to be really hard to get. Um, most places, like, this scene took place at, like, 3 a.m. or whatnot. Most places that are open that late, you're going to have to buy them out for the day which if you're micro-budget, you're not going to have the money for. And if you can shoot there during the day, if they're not open, it's going to be a huge challenge because especially if you're shooting in the summer, the sun is beaming in there. So you'd have to black out everything. And that's almost adding a whole other day of production. So I said, like, can we just have this at one of the characters' apartments? And we ended up doing it. And again, worked even better. So if there's a location that you're just at for one time, asking, like... If a character got arrested, and you're like, we only go to jail once, but the character gets arrested, do we really need jail? Then you probably need jail, <laughs> you know? You can't fake that into a bedroom or whatever. <laughs> you're being sent to your room. <laughs> yeah. oh. But you'd, I think you'd be amazed the amount of times where it's like, do we really need this location? Like, really need it? And, you know, most of the time you might not. I think a lot of the times, like, you might get a cool location, and... You're just like, oh, we have to shoot her. It's so cool. (laughs) That's the only reason. Let's tackle that note for a second. Because even when we first started talking about this project, before there was a script, we had said we'd been trying to shoot at Iona Beach in Vancouver. Yeah. 
for many projects before this one. And we always knew we wanted to shoot something there. And when we pitched this one, we started talking to it, talking about it. We said we have to write a scene that we shoot at Iona Beach. And like we kind of known we wanted like a beachy scene anyways because it's summer and whatnot. But let's talk about the reverse engineering of a scene when you know like you have this bitch in location and you just need to use it. Like how? What advice would you give to listeners for writing a scene based around that like just incredible location you got to use? Well, a lot of the times you could take a scene that might just be mundane based mm-hmm. on the the setting and put it in a more interesting place and it becomes just so much more so you know for example you could have a conversation between two people that normally happens at a post office which is not a very exciting place yeah but then suddenly they're having this conversation while in a helicopter (laughs) over some mountains yeah actually you know what that's not that interesting either because Every time I see movies, the scenes in helicopters are kind of boring. <laughs> you know which one I really enjoyed, though? Was the second season of Master of None, when they have that, like, awkward, almost breakup talk in the helicopter over New York City. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it was very, like, against what they were feeling. Like, they were kind of separating and avoiding each other, and it was antagonistic on both their ends but then in the background you have this like beautiful New York City in a helicopter that's yeah. super romantic so it was very against what the scene was about yeah it didn't feel like what it looked like yeah yeah I, like the point I'm getting at is um I think a lot of times this will happen it's like a student film for example where everything will happen in an apartment mm-hmm and this has happened a lot of times. Yeah. I've worked on a lot of projects where, like, the whole thing happens in, in an apartment. And it's just, like, a very generic white wall place. Yeah. And, you know, based on, like, budgets, like, you, there's not a lot, really, you can do. But I think just being creative about where you can place a scene. Um, and if you see something that you're like, oh, this garden looks amazing. We have to shoot in this garden. Mm. Um I think you have to really think about like how the scene like can play to your story not just like it's beautiful so let's shoot the murder scene here (laughs) it might not be appropriate but maybe it is appropriate maybe the the murder scene happens in a garden and the the mother of the murder victim is a florist and it's like ironic and weird Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think it's just thinking about that because a lot of the times and I know for me this is a case like ideas for stories might even come from a location so you just have to I think be honest about like why you want to shoot somewhere because mm-hmm. like there's some locations that are just really popular but they're very generic um, and a lot of the times it'll be like tourist attractions in cities yeah like uh, Times Square for example yeah it's like <laughs> everyone goes to Times Square for photos and all that crap and to shoot a scene in Times Square I think is very generic mm-hmm. and unless you've got like a reason for wanting to shoot in Times Square other than the fact that it's Times Square then you might not really be utilizing the, the place but you know for example uh, in the conversation with Gene Hackman <laughs> welcome back Mr. Hackman <laughs> you know the beginning of the film he's in San Francisco 
and he's walking around in uh, I think it's Union Square okay and it's pretty easy to recognize where he is but they've used this location so specifically because there's so many people walking around and hanging out in this park and he's spying on two people in the beginning of the movie mm -hmm. so you're just kind of walking around and look at all these people just doing kind of day to day things talking walking through a park and some like performers and stuff but very quickly it becomes like what am I looking at because you can kind of tell from the perspective of the camera you're like spying on someone mm -hmm. so even even how the scene is utilized can change depending on how you see it and where you put the camera in that scene it's like a very long lens and you're looking at subjects from very far away so they're much smaller on the screen there's a lot of them you know kind of swarming around so that could play a big part like for us when we shot at the location on the beach mm -hmm. it looked kind of amazing it was like there's no land or anything like out uh, over the water. It's looked endless in a way, and it was really beautiful. So we wanted to shoot there, but if we shot all of it on like super tight lenses, you wouldn't see the, the landscape. Mm. So we shot in wider lenses when we were there, so you could see the water and the sand and all the scenery. So yeah, and I think that's like on the note of we. We wanted to shoot at this beach because, you know, it would have been captivating our imaginations. The reason we wanted to shoot at the beach, this specific one, was because it's not just a regular beach. It's not like, oh, you know, it's a beach, there's some water out in the distance, you know, you can see the, the this and the that. Like, when we first went there, and it's actually how I wrote it in the script too was you go to this beach and it's like looking out to the edge of the world. Like, it feels like if flat earthers were right, which they are not, this would be the edge of the world. Like, just water, sky, and nothing. Mm -hmm. And when there's low tide, you can walk out, what, like 150 feet? Just in this... Sand. On real sand. Yeah. I'm doing not the greatest job of describing it right now, but... The bottom line is, it was such a unique beach that, you know, like Latif said, it wasn't your typical Times Square or Forest A or, you know, yeah. street. It was unique and captivating. And I think that's what you want to look for if a location's inspiring you to do a scene there. And I would also say, like, think tonally and environmentally. Is this going to benefit? your movie so for instance like one thing we knew right from the start was that this movie was going to be a summer movie right yeah. so when you say summer movie one of the things that pops to mind is a beach it's so, like you combine that summer movie beach with this really really unique looking beach that's almost the edge of the world and it kind of says like hey maybe it's calling you to shoot here right yeah and then environmentally like beautiful sun sun reflecting off the water like it fits the tone the environment everything so mm. There's like aspects to a location that are nice, but I think you mm. have to take into account like everything. Variables. Yeah, like if you're shooting like a, a like a little corner store, and you're like, oh, it's a perfect corner store. It feels like what I'm going for, but beside it is a factory where they test buzz saws. <laughs> then you might have some trouble with the audio there. Actually, um, let's tackle audio for a second. Yeah. Um. So when you're doing location scouting. One of the things, especially if you're a first-time filmmaker, you're going to be very tempted to overlook slash just oblivious to is sound. Look for any little sound. Like, I remember we were scouting a um, very beautiful beach, and we found a quite secluded part of it. 
That was almost perfect, not for this movie, but for another one. And we brought our sound guy along, and he's like, it's really nice, but there's huge power lines overhead. And I know like you can kind of hear a hum right now, but when you get the boom there, it's going to ruin all of your dialogue. So like if a little electrical hum can ruin your dialogue, just be aware for any little noise where you're going, location scouting. I'd even recommend just avoiding any locations with any sounds you can't control even if there isn't dialogue because mm-hmm. a lot of the times just because there isn't talking in a scene doesn't mean you'll lose a lot of important like production sound like if there's like a scene where someone is getting beat up and there's no dialogue but there's a lot of sounds happening there mm-hmm. you want to capture that clean um, so I think if you're shooting a location where you know I'm shooting a scene where you know it's going to be replaced with music because it's like for a montage sequence or something Mm -hmm. and you won't use audio that might be okay Um, and you can just get away with like getting picture for that location but if you have any sound that is going to be heard in the final film you probably want to steer away from like shooting near a factory or shooting at a a school during lunchtime or something Um, things like that or even beaches, like the beach we went to was kind of secluded. There weren't yeah. a lot of people there. But if we shot at like a popular Vancouver beach, it would have been hell. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so you've read your script. You said, I want, I need X location for X reason. How do you go about finding that location? Um, I think we could talk really vaguely here, but it would almost be easier just to give examples of stuff we've done. You know, if you need like a, you needed to shoot a scene at a restaurant mm-hmm. where people are having like a meeting for the first time, like mm-hmm. obviously you're gonna have to talk to local restaurants and figure out if you can shoot there, how much it costs, and an easy way is to figure out if any of your crew members or anything work at the restaurant. Yeah, especially actors. A lot of actors is when you're doing micro budget, they're gonna be waiters, they're gonna be bartenders. Yeah. They'll have those hookups. Yeah, so that's one way of doing it. And if that's not the case for you then you'll have to go into these restaurants and have a conversation with the owners mm-hmm. and you're not gonna get to shoot in the keg. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to find like, places local to where you live. Yeah, that um, that's a huge one. I would say look for local s- places that are owned by a person, not a corporation. Yeah, that's gonna screw you. Yeah, so look for local uh, restaurants and independent companies that you think will probably let you shoot over a weekend or mm-hmm. over a night. Um, they'll probably charge you some money, but like it won't be. Yeah anything crazy because if if it's like an independent film I think they kind of know that you don't have a ton of cash on you but Mm -hmm. you know be ready to put that into the budget for locations yeah for sure and I think one thing to really keep in mind when you're doing location scouting is have your talks with your cinematographer and your producers about what gear you need to bring go in I'll say pretty much as light as possible because one of the things that's going to happen is you're going to get your restaurant location and they're going to say well okay maybe we'll let you shoot here how many people are coming how long are you going to be here and how much 
stuff are you going to bring? Pretty much every location I talked to said, okay, well, like, you know, we, we don't really have anywhere to park your trucks. And I'm like, no, no, we're not that big. We're not that big. We're just, you know, we'll maybe have a van full of stuff. There'll be some people, an extra or two, no big deal. So be very, know how, what you're bringing in there, who you're bringing in there, and how long you're going to be in there for. Because you'll need that to convince them to let you shoot there. It'll greatly affect your price. Like if you walked in and you said, hey, restaurant, can I shoot here? And they're like, oh, how long do you need to be in here for? And you're like, I need to be in here for four and a half hours. I've got six people coming and I'm bringing five lights and a camera and a sound guy. They'd be like, oh, okay, well, you know, four hours. Why don't we just do like a hundred bucks an hour? But if you're like, oh, you know, I'm not really sure. It might take us like a while to set up the lights and yeah, we'll have a bunch of people coming, then in their mind they're going to be like, okay, that sounds like a long time and a lot of effort, so maybe we'll ask for like $1,500. So like if you go in with your shit figured out, and you say, this is how long I need to be in here, this is the time of day I need to be in here, one works best for you, and you know everything, Mm -hmm. they're going to think you're prepared, they're going to be easier on price, and even if they're not easier on price at first, you'll be you should be able to negotiate with them, um, and it's gonna go a real long way. Like there was a couple of places I went into, and they said, you know, it was actually a restaurant. They were like, usually we rent this place out by night for like private functions and whatnot. I think it was for eighteen hundred dollars a night. Um, and by the end of it, we ended up coming out to, I'll come in here. For we had the place for what eight seven eight hours yeah I think it was like five to midnight yeah yeah and they charged us like I think it was four hundred dollars way less yeah so we got it for you know a fifth of the price and it was all because I could go in and confidently say this is what I need this is how many people are going to be here we're not bringing a whole bunch of stuff we don't have a bunch of trucks we're not going to be that big of a inconvenience or nuisance to you and yeah I mean I think you've got to be one to to give something either money or some services yeah like if if you're a filmmaker like see if they need some Instagram videos or something like mm-hmm. you know there's always ways to barter and, and find like a, a halfway point that works for both of you but you know for the most part they're gonna probably want money yeah but <laughs> locations are one you well depending but I would budget a very good amount for locations because they like money here are a couple of things that we've done, tried, and had some success with. A, first thing I would say is break down your locations. Say, if it's a house, can I shoot at my place? Can I shoot at my buddy's place? Can I shoot at one of the crew's place or one of the cast's place? If it's an apartment, odds are you're going to get a yes somewhere in there. Um, if it's not, if you need something bigger that's out of your reach, like maybe a whole house or a restaurant or... Um, we shot at a gym before. You start going through your personal contacts. If none of your personal contacts can get anywhere, even people that are outside of film, um, I would take to Craigslist, uh, Facebook posts, Twitter, any social medias, whatnot. If that doesn't work, I would start messaging people directly. Even if you don't know them, just look up like business directories, call people. I actually find calling is a lot better better than emailing. If you can stop in as opposed to calling, that's even better. They can put a face to it. And it, in my experience, it seems to go a little bit better. 
Um, another thing that's kind of outside the box, but if you're looking for a house or we're looking for a van for another shoot right now, go on Craigslist for people that are selling houses or renting apartments or selling vans and say, hey, like, I know you're trying to sell this and this isn't what you had in mind, but could I rent it off you for a weekend or for a night for this shoot? Like, you'll, you'll get paid a little bit of money and then you can still go sell it or rent it afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. And people are strangely receptive to it because it's very, very low effort for them and it's someone giving them free money, so who wouldn't like free money, right? Yeah, you could you could get a, a lucky situation where you get a bit of a deal mm-hmm. and then someone just ends up getting a little bit of cash. So uh, I know, like, looking for, like, places that are being leased or rented on Craigslist like apartments or like basement suites and stuff like that you yeah. might get away with doing film shoots and stuff like that mm-hmm. there um, and one question you're always going to get I thought this was hilarious when it first happened to me is you'll message them and be like hey looking for a place you know an apartment shoot for a weekend and they're always going to ask is this porn? <laughs> so don't be thrown off when they ask that you know, if some random dude contacted you and said that, you would kind of be wondering if it was porn, too. <laughs> I don't tell them yes if it is. <laughs> yeah, just lie. Just do it. Um, one other note on the note of finessing. Um, there was a location that we had written in the script, and when I wrote it, I had the physical location in mind. It's a joint right around the corner from my place. Mm-hmm. I went in and I talked to the owner. I was like, hey, like you don't know me. Um, I've only been in here a couple times. <laughs> but I'm um, a filmmaker. I wrote the script and we're going to make it. And in the script, there's one scene that happens. And when I wrote it, I had this place in mind. So I figured I'd ask if you guys want to let me shoot here. And when I said that, like the cards on the table, the girl that owns it is one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. But when I said, you know, I wrote this with your shop in mind, her eyes lit up and she was really happy to help us. So like, that's only going to happen if you find someone that's really nice and a sweetheart, you know, you might get a guy that's like, what, why'd you write thinking of this? Like, think I'm just going to let you come in here. (laughs) When I said that her eyes lit up and it was actually, you could tell it was flattering to her, right? Like her shop was, inspiring enough that someone wrote a scene in a movie based around it and now they want to shoot it there you know it felt heartwarming to her right Mm -hmm. so even little things like that little things you could say just to convince them it can go a long way yeah and even like a six pack of beer will go a long way yeah yeah we had another shop that we wanted to shoot at and this was one of the harder locations to find yeah we finally called the dude after trying a bunch of places in town he's like yeah come on by and see it so we went by and we're like yeah that's what we're doing we want to shoot here and he's like cool what do you want he's like i like beer (laughs) like okay what kind of beer you're like just beer (laughs) it was the easiest location i've ever obtained and then what happened latif their store flooded (laughs) three days before we were going to shoot there Midway into production. I think we were on day five? Yeah, it was um, um, for a Monday that we were going to go there. Yeah, and I think we were on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, got an email, and he's like, hey, man, bad news. I just walked into my shop this morning. It's under a foot of water. And I think they threw out everything in there. They gutted the place. But there's going to be times in your production where locations are going to fall through, and it's really important not to panic when that happens. Because obviously it's like, in our circumstance, we were shooting that day we got the email. We were shooting the next two days. And then on the third day after that, we were supposed to go in. So we had no free time. And a crucial location just, you know, yeah, it wasn't their fault, but they had to drop out, right? Now, luckily, we had a producer on the project that just called everywhere in town (laughs) and got us one, which actually worked out really, really well. But the bottom line is don't panic. If something goes like that happens, just go to your, your key team and say, this is what's going on. We need a place to shoot. Everyone start making calls. I'm going to make calls when I get a free second. Just don't give up. And when that happens, when slash if that happens, if your replacement location doesn't fit into that exact time slot, don't freak out either. Go to your first AD and say, this is what's going on. And do it as soon as it happens too, because you don't want to leave it to last minute being like, oh, well, we tried to find something. That's why I didn't tell you. As soon as it happens, go to your first AD and say, this is a problem we're looking at. If we can't get a location to fill in this exact spot at that exact time, we're going to have to shuffle things around. Start brainstorming ways that we can make this work. It might not come to that, but it's better to have brainstormed that than to be the night before and be like, shit, we didn't think of anything. We didn't even try. Yeah. So yeah, don't, don't freak out and start the pre-planning planning. <laughs> Yeah, because you want to make sure you're, you're at least able to get something by the production they've Yeah. something false through. And again, don't freak out. That's the worst thing you could do. Well, there's some scenarios where if you do freak out, it'll make someone so uncomfortable that they'll solve the problem. <laughs> but that's not the norm. So. Yeah, I don't think that happens in micro-budget very much. <laughs> Only freak out if you're surrounded by extremely competent people. With fat wallets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... After you've identified your location, that you need in the script, you've gone out and done these things, yeah. and you've found a location, you've negotiated price. Um, one interesting note that I think we should talk about is, do you remember that gym location we went into? Yeah. One thing we didn't think of was this building was like a hundred years old. Yeah. And we had this place for two hours, which is not much at all. The first hour and 15 minutes of being in there, what did we do, Latif? Basically setting up stuff, but also trying to light the place because it kept... Blowing the breakers. Yeah, like we had one HMI. Yeah, which is a tiny, what what size was it, 1K? It was 1.2k, mm-hmm. so it's not, it's a very small HMI, yeah. but at the same time, it kept blowing out the breakers, so we had to keep rerouting the power yeah. until it finally didn't. Yeah, so, I mean, it's something that's hard to keep in mind, like, neither of us would have saw that coming, yeah. and we didn't see it coming. No, I was under the assumption that it had lots of power down there. Yeah, because it's a huge gym. And they're just running tons of <laughs> treadmills and stuff I'm like they should be fine yeah but you know you spend 
we spent 60% of our time dealing with these breakers. And again, important thing is to not freak out. It would have been really easy the fourth time we blew the breaker to be like, shit, how are we going to do this? Ah! And, you know, your part of you is going to go there, but just keep that restrained and say, how can we fix this? Not, let's lose our shit right now. <laughs> I was going to do that, but I'm like, nah, I'm too tired. <laughs> yeah, we were wiped at that point, eh? Yeah. You're always going to hear about burning locations and don't burn locations. What burning locations means is you get into somewhere that lets you shoot and you treat that place so poorly that whoever owns it says, I'm never going to let a film crew in here again. That's burning a location because you've ruined it for anyone else that might want to film there afterwards. Or you've lit it on fire and no one can shoot there. You've literally burned it. Exactly. That's also what it could mean. <laughs> so general things just to like keep in mind on how not to burn a location. A... Don't be a dick. Like, just be a nice person. Be accommodating. Um, B, in which we've already talked about, know your shit. Like, know how long you're going to be in there, how many people you need, your equipment, all that. Don't lie to them either. Yeah. Because that kind of preemptively burns it, and that's bad too. Um, be careful for all your equipment, um, your C-stands and whatnot. Make sure the protective bits on the bottom are good so you're not scratching up anything. Don't punch holes in the wall to put lights or anything like that. Like one location we went into, their only rule, rule was no tape on the walls because yeah. they had a foam crew in there before. They taped the shit out of the walls, ripped all the paint off. Um, basically, don't damage anything. Don't be a dick. Be respectful. <laughs> and don't lie to them. And don't lie. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be like, yeah, we're just shooting a simple scene. It's like a fight with knives. Yeah, and then you bring in a crane. <laughs> You're bringing a crane to shoot the knife fight <laughs> in the flower shop. No. That's kind of badass, actually. But don't tell them. It's just a simple scene about it in an argument. Yeah. It's like a tan fight. <laughs> oh, um, one interesting note on that too is if you end up shooting in a restaurant or somewhere public and you need extras. This isn't going to pan out for you every time, but you can tell the owner, like, hey, you know, we're shooting something. We need extras here. If any of your people want to be in the scene, they're, they're more than welcome to. And, you know, a lot of people are going to say no. A lot of people are going to say, are they paying? And if you're micro budget, odds are the answer is no. But some people will just be stoked to see what it's like, yeah, to be in a movie and check out how movies are made. So you might end up getting a few free extras out of it. Yeah, I had a couple of friends who aren't in the film industry that I told them um, we needed extras in a movie and they were like super excited to be on set. They're like, sure, let's do it. Yeah, that was the first time I was ever on set. Um, somebody just asked me, like, make it short, do you want to be an extra? I was like, I can watch you guys make a movie for free. Yeah, hell yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> and then when you wrap out, I mean, you finish your location, you shot make sure you got everything try and touch base with whoever manages or runs the place odds are they're going to be there if they're not follow their instructions like leave the key under the door or, or whatever it is um triple check everything like oh one good note as soon as you get into location take pictures of it yeah so when you move shit around you can put it back in that exact place and it's not giving them any extra work like they come in all my stuff's in the wrong place 
reset it how it was when you got there. Yeah. Mm. Oh, and if you promise them money, pay them. Don't stiff them at the end. That's a dick move. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the times they'll ask for like half up front or something too. Yeah, yeah. So make sure you do that. You're nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are lots of options to shoot gorilla and just go and shoot outside. Yep. Um, which you can definitely do without a huge issue. If you're just a very small crew of like three, four people and you're shooting like a scene at a park, Mm-hmm. For the most part, you should be able to get away with it. Yeah. Although you're supposed to have permits and stuff for all this, but realistically, it's just not feasible. Oh, yeah, and the micro budget, it's not going to be a thing that you're going to be able to do. Yeah. You know I, what? I go out and shoot stuff all the time. Just. Oh yeah, we didn't have permits for anything we shot on this last movie. No. But that's important too. Like, scout it. Don't go to the most crowded place you can imagine have a boom mic and set up some lights and just start shooting people are gonna be like who are you and the cops are gonna come over and be like hey idiot <laughs> we know what you're doing show me your permit i don't have one okay get out like you gotta you gotta ninja your way in and out of there yeah you gotta be smart about shooting gorilla you need yeah. to know how to break everything down and get away with stuff so people aren't gonna you know notice you and mm-hmm. there's always gonna be some old guy that's like oh what are you shooting? Damn, damn movie stars. <laughs> Back on my <laughs> So, uh, make sure you're, you're broken down to the smallest unit you can have. Yeah. You've got to shoot Um, I'm just going to talk about permits real quick for a second. I think we've tackled this on the podcast before. So if we have, I apologize. But, um, so basically by permits, what we mean is in cities or public places they're very often going to say, you need a permit to shoot here. And what that means is you need to go to the government or the controlling entity. 99.9% of the time, it's government. Say, I want to shoot in this park. And then they'll say, okay, when do you want to shoot? They'll make sure no other events are going on there. They'll tell you a price, which for micro-budget, you're not going to be able to afford. I did a permit once. And I think it was like $400 for the day. They're going to have stipulations for your permit for your location. So if it's a city street, they're going to say it'll be way more than $400. It'll be in the thousands. But then they're also going to say you need to have X amount of police officers there to traffic control. You're going to have to have paramedics on standby. The list of things is going to be really huge. And then they're also going to say we need minimum insurance requirements. A lot of the time it's going to be $5 million liability. Now that's doesn't mean that you pay five million dollars it means that that's your the amount that your coverage will cover should something go wrong um i'm the last time i got a million dollar liability for a weekend shoot i think it cost me like 450 dollars you go up to five million for a short film i think through front row insurance it ended up costing about 900 uh for a feature film just keeps going up and up from there but you can see just from those prices why it's you can't do it on a micro budget you know, you're shooting five, ten thousand dollars and then they're saying you need a thousand dollars for this permit and then you have to ha- hire five cops at a hundred fifty dollars an hour. It it cannot be done. So I think this is something that you kinda don't need to worry about until you're in that upper echelon of like low budget to medium budget movies and by that time you'll have a whole team behind you that know these permits. 
But if you're going like the short film route and you want one location for one day where you don't need cops or something like that, um, just Google filming permits in your city. You'll be able to link jump until you get to the right one and you'll get a contact. Um, it's not going to be easy. It's going to take a lot of time. That'll probably be frustrating because, you know, government workers are strict 9 to 5 Monday to Friday and they'll they take as long as they want to get back to you. I'm not shitting on government workers, I'm just saying it's a long process. Um, so if you're doing micro-budget, I would say your best bet is guerrilla shooting. Just think about it in a smart way. Talk to your team, especially your cinematographer. See what you need there to get your shot, how long you need to get there, and if you can physically, feasibly guerrilla shoot it. If you can, I'd say that's your best option, because worst comes to worst. A cop will show up, say, hey, let me see your permit. You say, I don't have it. They shut you down. You go away. You come back in two days. You try again. Um, so, yeah, it's something you just got to be smart about. And at this small budget, you're not going to be able to do the permit route unless you have some mad hookups somewhere. That's pretty much permits. Yeah. Have you ever done permits before? Yeah, yeah but I was in film school, so they cover, like insurance costs and everything yeah so we never had to pay oh and one thing when i'm talking permits and guerrilla shooting when we're talking that that is public property yeah you do not need permits to shoot on private property as long as you have permission as long as you have permission from the owner or yeah i guess management or whatever yeah then you're good they still might say you need insurance, but you don't need permits for private property. If you're shooting in a restaurant and you wanted to throw a bunch of lights outside on the sidewalk, the public sidewalk, then you might need permits. Yeah. But for private residences or businesses, you do not need permits. Yeah, so if you want to shoot in your own house. Just do it. You're totally cool. Yeah. 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 Okay, so yeah, uh, we were going to do a part two to this for locations but I think that would be another episode yeah until next time this has been Filmcraft and it's brought to you by Pippa.io P-I-P-P-A.io podcast hosting service cheap awesome check them out Filmcraft